I would like to welcome Professor Michel Bournier, head of the Division of Nephrology and Hypertension Consultation at the University Hospital of Lausanne, Switzerland. A giant of hypertension, as the session chair introduced him at the recent ESH Congress. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation. Thank you very much, Mr. Prasda, for the invitation. It's a pleasure uh, to be here to answer your questions on the, I think, a very interesting topic and also important topic, which is uh, really adherence in mm -hmm. patients with uh, hypertension and CKD. Uh, so, yeah. At the session of the ESH Working Group on Hypertension and Kidney, you talked about the importance of adherence uh, of antihypertensive treatment in patients with CKD. So why is it so important topic? Well, in general, uh, now, I think in the last, uh, well, I would say, 10 years, the people have noticed that since we do not have new drugs <laughs> developed and coming on the market, we have to do with the one we have. And we know from, you know, pharmacological studies and large trials that uh, when we use the current medications we have for treatment of hypertension, we can achieve, let's say, a high percentage of blood pressure control among patients, at least above 60, um, even up to 80% of patients with a controlled blood pressure. Now, the fact is that the reality numbers are much lower. We you know, rarely go about 50% blood pressure control. And uh, we identify several issues linked to that. Why is, are the results in clinical practice not as good as in clinical trials? And there are actually three official reasons that uh, mentioned by the ESH guidelines. Well, the first one is, of course, patient adherence. Of course, to be effective, patients have to treat, take their treatment. And we know for hypertension that this treatment has to be taken for a lifelong period. So it's very difficult. The second one, I think, which is not negligible, is also the fact that uh, there is, a, let's say, physician inertia uh, in, ther in therapy which makes that uh, uh, treatments are not always adapted, uh, you know, to uh, obtain the optimal blood pressure control. And of course, there are also uh, political reason and, uh, you know, the healthcare system, uh, which uh, sometimes also limit the use of certain, uh, let's say, easy to use drugs like combination, for example. So today we do recognize very strongly that adherence to the medications is one of the main topic where we can do something with the drugs we have to improve the results in terms of blood pressure control. What makes adherence even more difficult to achieve in CKD patients? Well, CKD patients, I think, are of particular interest for several reasons. First, CKD per se is a major risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So, we have to acknowledge that a lot of our patients today with hypertension have some form of CKD, maybe not a major form, but at least a 50% reduction of their uh, capacity to filtrate, so 50% reduction in glomerular filtration rate. This is due in part to the age, because we know that with age, uh, renal function decreases, so patients go into a certain form of, of, of CKD. And uh, also many hypertensive patients today suffer from diabetes, from obesity, from other comorbidities, 
which are strongly associated with CKD. So the first thing is that we have to recognize that CKD is common, much more common than we think. Now, the second reason why it is important in terms of adherence is when, uh, when the GFR goes down, there are more and more problems accumulating. And if you look at the numbers of drugs that CKD patients have to take every day, the average is bit around eight tablets per day because they have lipid problems, they have diabetes problems, they have obesity problems, they have aspirins, often cardiac issues, and hypertension on top of that. So the number of drugs is, is really relatively high. And of course, we know that the, the higher the number of drugs every day, the lower the adherence. So this is really a, very, a, a, a population which is very susceptible to low adherence because of the numbers. And of course, in addition to that, with these patients with CKD, we add recommendations. Don't eat salt, do more exercise, do, don't eat too many proteins. So, so they have also a lot of other recommendations which make their life even more and more complicated. So, you know, sometimes they get a bit desperate and they say, well, maybe should I really do all this, you know? And of course the easiest thing uh, to react is maybe not to take their pills uh, like prescribed. So it's a real issue. It's an important issue. If you look at it from the outcome, uh, what the, do these patients lose if they are not non-adherent with regard okay. to mortality and uh, mm -hmm. disease progression? Yeah, that's an important question. We know that in the general population of hypertensive patients, uh, people who have a low adherence, which is usually arbitrarily defined below 80% of the tablets they should take, they have about 10 to 20% increased risk of developing myocardial infarction, heart failure, stroke, and even peripheral artery disease. So being non-adherence markedly increase your risk of having a cardiovascular event. But in CKD patients, one more uh, point which is important is that these patients have to be protected against cardiovascular event, but we also want, on the other side, to retard the progression of their disease. And what we know today is that if they are not adherent to therapy, then they progress more rapidly to end-stage kidney disease and the need of renal replacement therapy like dialysis or transplantation. So I think CKD patients have a double reason to be adherent, to protect their kidney and to protect their cardiovascular system. So this is even more important for them than to any other patient. Can we put it simply that no uh, proper renal protection can exist without adherence, proper adherence. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we know that, uh, you know, if you don't do anything, you don't take any therapy, for example, in, in diabetes, with patients with type 2 diabetes, you can lose up to 10 milliliters per minute GFR, which means that if you have already 50, if you lose 10 per year, you know, in four or five years, you are in end-stage renal disease and you will need dialysis. Now, we know also that if you treat everything correctly, diabetes, hypertension, lipid, you can go down from 10 to 2. So you will, instead of being in dialysis after five years, 
you will be in reality maybe in 15 years or 20 years, but much long, much later on. So you really, you know, improve the quality of life of your patients and the long-term outcome in terms of renal. How can we improve the adherence in these patients? What's your experience in your clinical practice? Well, my experience is that, I mean, there are different steps. I think the first step, is we need to know what people are doing. <laughs> and of course, the first step, very easy step uh, in clinical practice is to interview the patients, but not just asking, are you taking your drugs? Because people are always going to say yes. You know, of course, they are, the only one you can really uh, be saying the truth will be the one who say no. <laughs> if they say no, you are sure they don't take it. But if they say yes, you don't know how much they take it. So there are different ways of asking patients about adherence. And for example, you, rather than saying, are you taking yes or no? Saying, for example, during the last week, how often did you miss a dose? And, or what are you doing when you miss a dose? You know, are you, uh, is it the weekend more difficult than during the week? So we have to relearn how to interview patients about adherence and ask the right questions. And that's something that we also train during the ESH meeting on how to do the things correctly. Because of, that. of course, this will take some time. And of course, uh, patients, uh, physicians need to take some time, but it can also be done by a nurse, for example, or other healthcare provider. Now, this is the first thing, know what the people are doing. You can also measure it. So the mode today is eventually to measure the presence of these drugs in the urine. This is increasingly done, but it's done mainly in reference center and not so much in, in clinical practice. But the technique is developing and maybe with time, you know, physicians may be just able to take some urine and send it to a lab and the lab will take, tell them, okay, we found one, two, three or four of the drugs that the patients were, were supposed to take. And this of course is very important because then we can discuss with him, you know, without judging the patient, but really trying to understand the barrier of, uh, to adherence in these patients. And uh, we, for example, are using uh, uh, electronic monitoring systems, for example. Uh, this is actually quite useful. Of course, we never know when patients take a drug, what he's doing with the pill, if it's throwing it away or, but the most important thing is that we know, for example, that if the patient has not opened the box, you know, he has not taken the pill. And in fact, it's the same thing with the drug measurements. If they, you find something, you're not entirely sure when and how it was taking it. But if you find nothing, at least you're sure that the drug is not taken. And that's what we want to know, you know. Thank you very much for your insight. Thank you very much for the conversation. Thank you, thank you. And I hope uh, we will help our physician also around in every country to yes. you know, be sensitized to this issue, which is, I think, very important.